Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Like there's graves in your schoolyard? Like that's badass. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I am a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm Jenny, her older sister, born in 1974. You didn't say you're proud. I thought that was obvious. Oh, whatever. Today we're going to be looking at Little House on the Prairie, Season 1, Episode 6, The Love of Johnny Johnson. The episode description reads, When a new boy named Johnny Johnson arrives at school for the first time, Laura is immediately smitten. Johnny is a friendly boy, and although oblivious to Laura's crush on him, he certainly makes it clear that he's interested in Mary. Even though Mary does not share the same feelings, the love triangle is enough to cause tension between sisters. We open on the one-room schoolhouse. A bunch of kids are playing in the schoolyard, and we are introduced to Johnny Johnson, a much older boy. Jenny, he's supposed to be 15. He's 37, easily. (laughs) Oh my god, he has to be. He kind of has that, like, hobo chic look to him. He reminded me of this, like, wayward Shakespearean British actor that I dated for a week in New York. (laughs) Or as I like to refer to it, Countdown to Bedbugs. I'm telling you right now, this actor has to be 30. Like, remember in uh, Beverly Hills 90210, Dylan McKay was like 47? (laughs) How old is he? Oh, pause. Okay, I'm back. Uh, It looks like Mitch Vogel, the actor who played Johnny Johnson, didn't go on to do much else. He's 18. Spoiler. Jenny, <laughs> this is not fair. You have a math advantage. <laughs> um, because I could do subtraction. Yeah, I need to whip out a calculator wow. to, to do anything that's over ten. Okay, so he's eighteen. No way. No way. <laughs> that's that's a harder eighteen. <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, so he's lassoing the stairs. And I, this seems to, like, get Laura's engine running. Like, she's like, oh, he's lassoing the stairs. I didn't understand what the <laughs> hell they were doing. I think that's what they did, like, instead of sitting in a corner checking Facebook. I just feel like the boredom is so rampant that lassoing the stairs seems exciting. <laughs> 
Well, Laura doesn't seem bored because she's like running around, horsing around with some boys, like punching people in the face and stuff and screaming. And then Miss Beetle rings the bell and they all go inside. Did you notice Miss Beetle was questioning him on his name? I feel like she didn't believe it was real either. <laughs> Who does? Uh, inside the classroom, we learn that Johnny Johnson is a new student. He must be an adult returning student, in my opinion. <laughs> Continuing Ms. Ed. Miss Beetle tells him to sit in the front row. Laura is staring at him awkwardly. And I wrote that she stares at Johnny Johnson like I stare at a guitar player in any band after I've had several glasses of wine. And by several glasses of wine, she means two. So they, they have to get up and do some reading. And Laura isn't paying attention. And nerd police Mary, like, elbows her and is like, Laura, Miss Beetle called on you. Like, what are you doing? Daydreaming and having thoughts. So one of my favorite parts of this is I wrote that Johnny Johnson looks like, do you remember those strawberry shortcake figurines when we were kids and there yes. was a cartoon? He looks like the boy one. I didn't remember the name, so I had to look it up. And it was Huckleberry Pie. Huckleberry and, Pie? It's an homage to Huck Finn. Oh, God. Okay. Huckleberry Pie. That's who he looks like. But Willie, champion of the day. <laughs> leans forward and says he looks like a scarecrow and i was like that is dead on Willie. not wrong yeah he's not wrong dead on like willie you can be a little arrogant bully pain in the ass but you nailed it brother can we go back to his name again because there was this controversy where you think you know all the names Mm. in the 1800s and you swear Mm. that's not real so i did a little research Mm. on this I do not have an index card on it. Are but, you kidding me? Okay, go ahead, Mary. I just want to get this out of the way now because I just feel like there's this cloud hanging over Johnny Johnson. Uh-huh. So in the 1850s, the most common surnames were, this is according to Ancestry.com. Amy, would you like to take a guess of, of the first one? Smith. Yes. Because you're an expert on this. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> the second one? Jones. Brown, the third one. Uh, Miller. No, Miller. (laughs) The fourth one. I don't know. Johnson. Uh. The most popular boys' names in 1850 were, guess what number one is? Is this the bombshell you're dropping on This is the bombshell. Guess what the number one is? Jenny's been threatening me all week with, I have a bombshell to drop on you. I have facts and data. The number one most popular boys' name in 1850 was John. The number four most popular surname was Johnson. Okay. The defense rests. The defense rests. No, it doesn't. Because the choice was still made. (laughs) If your name was Johnson, I'm Joanne Johnson, and I have a son, knowing I have three popular names to choose from, I would pick the second most popular name. But wait, do you understand what Johnson means? The son of John. So, of course, his dad's probably named John Johnson. Okay, I can't with this. Let's move on. So his name, can we just can we just settle on his name is probably real? <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? I will feel better when you read the first book and report back to me if it's accurate. <laughs> I'll, I'll get right on that. Okay. So after school, Laura stalls by dragging Mary over to the sweetheart tree. Mary, this is a tree where I guess boys who don't know how to express themselves just angrily carve initials into wood and then the girls go over and say oh he likes me because we can't speak to each other so laura either asks mary or prompts mary in some way as to what her thoughts are about the sweetheart tree 
And Mary not liking, like not having any joy in life, because that's not allowed, says she would be, quote, furious if a boy carved my initials in a tree. And she says that carving initials in a tree is stupid. And then Johnny Johnson comes walking down the way. With no shoes on. No shoes. I have extensive notes about his bare feet (laughs) later. And Laura introduces uh, she and Mary to Johnny Johnson. And together they all start to walk home. On the walk home, they have a rock throwing contest. And we start to see like a dynamic emerge here where Laura is the tomboy. Um, and she's showing off all of her skills. So Laura nails a tree about 50 feet away. Woof, nails it. Johnny insists that Mary try, even though Mary, of course, because it's fun, doesn't want to. Mary throws a rock. And it's the single most pathetic throw I've ever seen in my life. She throws that rock maybe two feet. It's like she has never thrown anything in her life before. I think it's- she's doing that on purpose, though. It's a protest. Like. Yeah, all right, here's your rock. Um, I wrote that on this walk home, we have learned three things. Carolyn used to be a teacher? Yeah, I guess so. Mary can't flirt her way out of a potato sack. Mary doesn't want to flirt with this shoeless Joe. And Johnny Johnson has a big stick. Yes, you heard wow. me correctly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I did a double take like, what? <laughs> He has a big stick that he apparently hits rocks with. Like, these poor children. Oh, my God. Although he's a grown man, so. All right. At the house that night, Pa is playing the fiddle while, while Ma is doing some needlework. And the kids and are the, dancing. The girls are square dancing. Charles stops playing and Carrie opens her treacherous <laughs> mouth and a noise comes out. Jen. Okay. All right. I have an index card. Oh, on what? On Carrie. (laughs) So I knew you were going to beat up on her again as soon as I saw this part. And I'm like, (laughs) I think we need to know a little bit more about her tragic life. So I'm going to make you feel bad about it. Wait, listeners have to understand my silence here comes from a place of Jenny's the one bringing the empathy. I know that that should say something. Wow. Okay, go ahead. So Carrie Ingalls Swansea was born in 1870. So she's like, when was Laura born? I forget. But she's like roughly five years younger than them, than Laura. Laura had said in her book that Carrie had been small, thin, and frail, and seemed to have suffered the most of the family through the deprivations of the hard winter of 1880 through 1881. She was a typesetter most of her life, working for newspapers. She didn't get married till she was 41, and she married a widower who had part in naming Mount Rushmore, and her, his son, her stepson, was a per, one of the people who carved it. I thought that was interesting. She enthusiastically That's helped Laura. That's the only Laura. thing interesting about all of this. She Go enthusiastically on. helped Laura with her books by sharing childhood memories. So you see what happened here. Wow. So they Laura and Carrie yep. teamed up on Mary. Yep. And with Grace's help, she took care of Mary after Ma's death in 1924. She never Aww. had any kids. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, but she still has a treacherous mouth. And she has her dress on backwards, I think. <laughs> but. Okay. Uh, wow, uh, that took me completely out of it. So let's go <laughs> back in here. So Charles stops playing and uh, Caroline decides she's going to take Carrie to bed. 
But Laura and Mary want to hear another song. Charles plays the most beautiful song on this fiddle. Is that the theme song? No. What are you talking about? It was very familiar to me, the song that he was playing. Is that the song they all died to on the Titanic? Oh, God. I don't, is there a way we can find this out? I don't know. Not quickly. Feel, no, not quickly. Okay. Anyway, it was beautiful. It really was. And, you know, I was swooning. Okay. You have so, to watch music from that time period, though. It could be about, like, plantations and stuff. That's true. Could be risky. She asks... Okay, so Laura follows Caroline into their bedroom when she's putting Carrie to bed. And she asks Caroline to tell her about when she and Paul were courting. <laughs> Caroline <laughs> says she doesn't really remember, but she did know right away that she loved Paul. And Caroline tells her a story about inviting Pa on a picnic because Paul was very shy and backward. And so she had to do the asking. Because, of course, she had to do all the work. Where are the G's on these verbs? Like, why is everything courting, asking? I don't know. That's what it was in the old days. I guess. They just didn't have G's. So, so she had to do the asking. Like, was G invented in 1890? <laughs> <laughs> the alphabet was only 25 letters long until 1900. <laughs> Caroline says on their picnic. So she had asked Pa for a picnic. And but she wait said, a minute. She mentioned something about sheep's eyes. Pa made sheep's eyes at her or something. What the hell what? does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Sheep's I eyes. Know. Ew. I'm creeped out by that. So they're having this. Oh, I wrote too that they're having this conversation. The conversation was cute. I thought I thought Carolyn was being a good parent in that moment. You're always touting Pa. Yeah, and Carolyn, well, Pa has to come in and clean up her mess later, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, Carolyn says that on this picnic, she had asked Charles to a picnic, and on the picnic, she and Charles discovered they were kindred, kindred spirits. And Laura asked what that meant, and she said it was knowing what each other is thinking without saying it. No okay. thoughts on that. Okay. No thoughts on that. Like, what? What? I know what you're thinking. We're kindred spirits. All right. Oh, God. No, that's not what happened. Later that night, when the girls are in bed, Laura asks Mary what she thinks of Johnny. And Mary essentially tells her to shut the fuck up and go to sleep. <laughs> I mean. You notice that? That's a fair reaction. This was She's trying to sleep. Like, Mary has to get up and be the smartest kid in school tomorrow. She's got to get a rest. I was a little triggered by this scene. Because... We have some real, like, I need to do therapy around the time when you and I shared not only a bedroom, <laughs> but a bed. <laughs> and there was a lot of, like, I remember kicking you in the back a lot. There was a lot of your side, my side, pillow dividers. Like, God <laughs> forbid we touched our shoulders to each other or something. Um, I remember you putting my pillow over my head and laying on it. Until I was gasping for air. I don't remember that. Laura says she thinks that Johnny resembles Pa. And I'm I'm starting to think this is problematic. <sighs> and they both talk about how Pa is super good looking. I'm just leaving that there. I don't even remember that. What was yeah, I doing? Yeah, like how handsome he is. And Mary's like, oh, he, like Johnny Johnson is no Pa. Oh, okay. I remember that. Yeah. Mary says, I, I know Pa and Johnny Johnson's no Pa. Mary says the one thing that I finally agree with. Johnny Johnson is homely. <laughs> I do agree with that. Laura gets up to use the outhouse and runs into Charles, who is smoking his pipe. Remember you used to go outside and smoke the pipe? Um, Sure. 
I'd forgotten about that. Like, even then, Charles, like, was enlightened enough to understand secondhand smoke and went outside <laughs> with this pipe. I think he just liked to be outside, but okay. He spends the whole fucking day outside. All right, whatever. So, okay, so she runs into Charles. She asks Charles about the picnic that Caroline had told her about earlier. Fact and how, checking. And how he, fa- how he felt when Caroline asked him to go on it. And Charles is somewhat teasing her and tells her he hoped that Carolyn was a good cook. And he also said, which comes back later, don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. And then he says the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. of all the things Pa is saying and setting you up for understanding like your future, like loves, we missed that part. You missed that part. You didn't pick up on that one. Uh, Hell no. Okay. (laughs) We are not cooks. We are not cooks. <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that. Oh, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The next day at school, <laughs> there is a tragic spelling bee in which <laughs> none of the children can spell the word puzzle. And it is humiliating. <laughs> and then Nellie gets out on the word whistle because she forgets <sighs> the T. But guess who wins? Okay, so I have Mary is smart and has her shit together and is dominating the spelling bee. <laughs> Spelling B I spelled wrong. But who becomes appreciate that. But who becomes the best selling author? That's not a spelling thing. It's a smart thing. Yeah, is it? Miss Beetle asked Johnny Johnson to stay after and clean the boards because he's the only one who can reach the top because he's 37. <laughs> so Laura and Mary leave school and then Laura decides she's gonna she's gonna go back. So she lies to Mary and says she forgot something. And Mary says, quote, Oh fiddle, you really are a flutterbutter. Oh, that Mary, she's cutting with that tongue. Uh Laura runs back to school where Johnny Johnson's cleaning the boards and invites him to a picnic. And he says the same exact thing Paul said to Caroline. Don't mind if I do. And Laura's voiceover says, just like Pa. And she and I wrote, oh my God, Laura is brainwashed like Amy. I'm uncomfortable with this whole thing. <laughs> Why? Because because he's 15 and she's eight? Because he's 37 and she's <laughs> like five. Even if you're going, even if you're believing the story, he's still 15 and she's like eight. The next day, Laura's getting ready for the picnic. She's bringing some oatmeal cookies, and Charles and Caroline just let her go fishing. No questions asked. This kid, again, is like eight, and she's just going fishing. And they're like, okay, bye. Don't drown. She's passing off Caroline's cooking as her own, too. She is, because she did say to Johnny, she ran back after she asked him to go to the picnic and said, don't worry, I'm a good cook. Yeah. But is that all she brought, the oatmeal cookies? I have no I don't know. I didn't check her pail. <laughs> Uh, in 2020 that pail would be searched before she'd be allowed entry (laughs) to the picnic Laura is clearly sitting aside what looks like a fake pond when Johnny comes in and Johnny's a bit late and when he gets there he's interested to know where Mary is and Laura says she would rather sit home with her nose in one of her school books because she's she's gonna be a success someday right because everyone knows Mary Ingalls and not Laura Ingalls Wilder (laughs) <laughs> all right so wait 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 i want to go back because jack runs up to johnny jack and johnny says johnny at some point and johnny says he likes jack this is a good one oh. okay now he's out of my orbit like forget johnny he's dead to me 
So they start fishing and Laura pretty much misinterprets everything he says. Johnny tells her she's unlike any girl. He knows she could put a fish on a hook better than any girl he knows. And after that, he goes and lies against a log and falls asleep with his dirty bare feet sticking <laughs> up in the air. And I've realized he he doesn't own shoes. So, so feet aside, Laura is totally getting pushed into the friend zone here and she doesn't even know it. No, she doesn't know it. Yeah, she doesn't know it. And he talks about how Mary's going to get the gold star at school. Oh, she God. definitely is. The gold medal. Isn't it a gold medal? I thought it was a gold star. It's like they win something. I don't know. They just throw them a sack of gold or something. <laughs> um, when then he the... falls asleep on the quote unquote date. Yeah. Yeah. He falls asleep on the date. <laughs> Red flag, Laura. When the picnic is over, Johnny tells Laura, can you do or ask Laura, can you do me a favor? Can you tell Mary that if that hairy kid keeps pestering her, I'll take care of it. And Laura seems to be understanding at this point that he's into Mary. Like, it's starting to sink in. I How did it take this long? Oh, don't. She had a crush on him <laughs> and she wasn't picking up the social cues. <laughs> so then I wrote, Jack, that traitorous dickhead, <laughs> tries to follow him home. Did Jack, you notice that? And Jack Laura has to, like, remind Jack of whose dog he is. Jack wants to be a hobo. And you know what I say? Good. Back at the house, Laura is asking Charles about men. Oh, I have a, a note here, too. Not much time has passed since since Charles built the house. We discussed this, right? Mm-hmm. He built the whole fucking barn, too? Uh, yeah, and it looks worn and old. Like, that was quick. Maybe he built it with reclaimed lumber. <laughs> okay. She asked Charles if... Laura asked Charles if men like smart women. The answer to that, Charles, is yes. Okay? Yes. There should be no other answer to this, but there is. Charles says, some do, but some like them sweet and gentle, and some like them full of vinegar. Your ma's kind of all of those things rolled in one. So ladies, here's your here's your camps. Which camp are you in? Are you smart? Are you sweet and gentle? Or are you full of vinegar? Because that's your options. I know even. you're full of vinegar. I'm smart, obviously. Mm. Laura asks Pa... What he liked best about Ma. And Jenny, would you like to take this? <laughs> so basically he says that he liked that mom didn't ask a lot of annoying questions all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically telling Laura, you're never going to find a pa. <laughs> she knew when to keep quiet is what he <laughs> Oh, God. Holy shit. Uh, pa, just when we think you're like getting it. I'm still forgiving him. No. Well, he redeems himself. Hold on. Because later we have a quick scene with Charles and Caroline and they're talking about Laura and uh, they figure out that she is a case of puppy love. And we learn in that scene that Caroline was chasing after Charles. Hmm. And she was younger than Laura. Oh my God. So what was she, five? I don't know. But Pa smiles and says, she's, Caroline says, I remember chasing a boy when I was much younger than Laura. And Pa says, I remember slowing down so you could catch me. Oh, God. Soon, and can we discuss soon. why? You let me save you. Thank you. <sighs> Go. Can we discuss why Michael Landon's shirt is always unbuttoned? I'm okay Like halfway with that. down his chest. I'm all right with that. That doesn't make any sense. Meanwhile, Carolyn has like the Peter Pan button up. Like if you unbutton it, her neck, her head's going to roll off. Okay. Listen, listen. Those of you who are Team Amy on this Charles Engel shit, you need to look up 
when Michael Landon was promoting this on the Johnny Carson show and see him in like a hot suit in 1974. I mean, seeing him out of the frontier clothes, he's hot. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. All right. So the next day, the family are doing some chores and Laura spots Johnny Johnson coming over the horizon, running. He's running in bare feet. Like, wouldn't you be, wouldn't your feet be burning? You're stepping I mean, on shit. He no longer has skin on his feet. It's now like some Catalyst. kind of yeah. like rubber. Like my kids can't even, I'll say to them, like, go bring some, we live near my in-laws. I'll say, go bring something over Grammys. They can't even walk across my yard in bare feet. They're crying. Oh, no, I couldn't either. My feet are super sensitive. I'd never have bare feet. Jenny, I hate bare feet so much that if I'm sitting on the couch, I put my shoes on to walk over to the kitchen. Yeah. You'll never see me in bare feet. A medal for that? You'll just never see me in bare feet, ever. Laura gets all excited and runs up into her room and, like, spits in her hands and straightens her hair. And then she runs back out and she invites Johnny to go with her and Charles to the lake. Charles is building, like, a fishing trap. He's knitting some kind of fishing trap. Carolyn was making something totally bizarre in the house. On the I, table. Don't, what I don't was know that? what the hell that was. It looked like a cotton centipede. I don't know what it was. I don't even know. It looked like a giant friendship bracelet that had like an eight inch circumference. It looked like a felt octopus. Yeah, it was weird. No idea. And of course, Mary's helping her because nerd, nerd, nerd. Um, so Johnny is actually, he reveals that he's actually there to get some help with his quote, reading words <laughs> from Mary. And Laura looks heartbroken as Johnny and Mary go into the house to study. And Paul picks up on none of this. None of it. He none he it. doesn't figure any of this out. Because why would he think that his 11 year old would be in love with a 37 year old man? Oh, first of all, Laura's not 11. Okay. Laura is like seven. No, Johnny, she eight. is not. Well, okay, so they moved to Walnut Grove in 74. So this is maybe a year later. She's eight. Pause. Okay, so Laura is supposed to be eight, but Melissa Gilbert was like 11. So that's where I'm getting, because I know children. I have two of them. She is not an eight-year-old. Whatever. But historically, she's supposed to be eight. So say, all right, let's just say she's 11. Okay. okay. He's 15. That's gross. All right. So the next morning, they're getting ready for school, and Laura offers to go get water for the family. Then she throws herself in a creek so that she has no other option but to wear her Sunday dress. When I saw that Sunday dress, I was like, your other dress looked better. Well, and and I to, and Carolyn's like, oh, all right, just don't. Bracket, because I feel like making and repairing Laura's clothing has got to be a full-time job. At school, Mary is pushing Laura on a swing, and Laura is staring lovingly at Johnny Johnson, who again is wearing no shoes. Uh, Caroline stops by for a brief chat with Miss Beadle, who fills her in on the emerging love triangle. After Caroline leaves, Harry, the bully who was mentioned earlier by Johnny Johnson, attempts to kill, I think, a toad with a slingshot. No, it was a squirrel. Jesus. Oh my God, that was a frog. You thought the squirrel was a frog. <laughs> you better Where's get your my wildlife back. consultant. Where is he? You better get, you're really bad with animals. <laughs> Timmy's, got, Timmy's got his work cut now out. Now that him. you say it, why would a frog just be in the middle of this like arid, dry, dusty 
field, right? A frog would be near water. Usually a frog being amphibious would be near water. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Mary decides to throw herself in front of the slingshot to prevent the murder. And then Johnny Johnson runs <laughs> over and attacks Harry. So you have a 35-year-old beating up a third grader. <laughs> it was really bad. And then, and then this erupts into, and I feel like all siblings can appreciate this, it just takes the littlest spark to fly off of this fire to start a big fight between Laura and Mary. Oh, yeah. So Mary, Laura runs over and says to Mary, why didn't you just grab the slingshot instead of calling for Johnny Johnson to come and rescue you? Which she didn't even do. She didn't say a word about we'll Johnny never, Johnson. I will never side with Mary, but yeah. She didn't she say, didn't. Oh, first of all, she was trying to save a squirrel's life, which I feel like you'd appreciate. And then she didn't say anything about Johnny Johnson. And Laura's like, you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> so then Laura yell, or Mary yells, I could give a hoot about your dumb Johnny Johnson. <laughs> and Laura stomps off. And in the background, I, there's a grave. Did you see that? Oh, my God. Outside the I'm school? Like a, I'm like, rough schoolyard, man. Like, But then I realized it's also the church. Here lies Harry the bully. <laughs> like, that, like, there's graves in your schoolyard? Like, that's badass. <laughs> but it's also the church. So I guess that's why there's guess. graves. Like, they're playing on people's graves. I guess. Which is, Are you done? I just have a note. Beauty and brains, Laura, get used to this. Oh, God. When they get back home, Mary is trying to teach Carrie how to write, but Carrie wants to draw. Carrie <laughs> this is, is a hilarious single most fight. annoying person on earth. Laura snaps at Mary. Let her draw. How come you have to ruin everything anyways? Meanwhile, Mary's teaching all these fuckers to read. So like, <laughs> look, she probably taught Laura how to read. Laura's probably like... Read. I did. I taught you, you how to read when you were like four. Yeah. You mom, were like reading in preschool. Mom always brags that I knew how to read before I went to preschool. I say yeah. that's just my natural intelligence. No, I taught you. I made you play school and I sat you down and made you read. So, so Caroline witnesses this and comes running in. And this reminded me, Jenny, of the time. When mom was going out somewhere, you know where I'm bringing up. Oh, no. And... You and I were fighting over something. We were teenagers. Like we you were, were probably teenagers. like 16. I was probably yeah. like 13. And I was getting on your nerves or we were fighting or something. And you grabbed me by the <laughs> neck and threw me up against the wall and said, like, I'll fucking punch you or something. Just as mom walked <laughs> in the door. Like, First of all, in my defense, I would like to state that you were either the same size as me or bigger. Like you were not a, a, like a little kid next to me. But like we were almost full grown adults at this point. I wouldn't beat up a 12 year old like fucking Johnny Johnson. But the greatest thing about it was the timing. Like yeah, mom just bad. happened to be coming back in. <laughs> and she was so pissed. I don't well, think she ever not... saw her that pissed. <laughs> Mom's not a cursor either. Like, she doesn't have, like, a filthy... Well, she kind of does now. Do you but know, she to this day, I still remember the first mouth. time I ever heard mom say the F word? Wow. We were driving through the JCPenney's parking lot, and somebody, like, <laughs> pulled out in front of her, and she said it. And that was the first time. And how old are you? 36? <sighs> it was last Tuesday, no. <laughs> it was, um... I was probably 10, maybe 12. Somewhere oh, around that. Yeah. We had the K-car, so... Oh, God. Yeah. 
It's a long time ago. But mom was so appalled and she flew <laughs> up those stairs and she like threw you into your room. <laughs> oh my God, it was ridiculous. She was mad. It was, was so really great mad. though. And I thought about like, I have walked in on my kids fighting and I freak out too. Like, I think this is a very, you know, common parent thing. Caroline's very upset when she walks in and she yells at Laura to not talk to her sister that way. And Carrie's loving the drama. She's just eating it right up. That's true. Laura- and did you see the tin cup was on the table? <laughs> Do they all pass it around? Because <laughs> yeah. Carrie didn't get a tin cup. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. She didn't deserve one. Laura runs upstairs and later Caroline sends Mary and Carrie outside so she can have a heart to heart with Laura. This is her second attempt now to talk to Laura. So she and Laura talk about heartache and pain. And Caroline tells her, hurt is something to measure happiness by. If there were no mountainous peaks and valleys, the world would just be flat. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, but basically she said laughing at your heartache is all part of being a woman, which I was like, what? (laughs) Oh my God. No, she didn't. She said those exact words. She said, I can look back at things and laugh. And she was trying to make the point, like when you're an adult, you'll be able to look back Mm -hmm. at this stuff and laugh. I don't know. I don't think that's what she said. So Laura starts to tell her that she's trying to make Johnny like her, but it's not working. And Caroline says she shouldn't change herself for anybody. And she tells Laura that pretending to be someone else is kind of like lying. I I thought that was a good message. Yeah, I thought so too. And then Laura realizes Johnny liked her best on the first day when she was acting like her true self and being a tomboy. Later that night, we have a little throwaway scene again where Caroline is brushing her hair. And she and Charles are talking about the Johnny Johnson situation. And Charles (laughs) thinks he is too old. Paul looks like he's... Paul looks like he's going to throw up in this scene. Paul thinks Johnny Johnson is too old because he's 15 and, quote, he's a man. Um, He thinks he's too old because he's 40. <laughs> he thinks he's too old because he saw him at the bar last Friday. <laughs> in school the next day, Johnny leans over and asks Laura to meet him by the sweetheart tree after school. And she, like, lights up. Can we say two, I want to say two things here. First of all, does Laura not understand that he's not going to just switch from liking Mary to like liking her suddenly? Like it's not going to happen that way. And also there is a 40 year old in the background learning like the nine times tables on the board of Miss Beetle. I don't know if you caught that. Well, and does Johnny have zero social awareness like uh, does he really think this kid like he can say things to her like this and she's not gonna... I have, wow i have a note that says johnny has the lowest eq on earth he really does good point <laughs> so laura gets all excited and runs to the sweetheart tree after school and of course we all know what he has carved JJ well he's standing and there and and you get a sh- you get a close up of his shirt first of all, which I hadn't seen, and I knew it was weird, and I thought it was a Dolce and Gabbana shirt. Like it looked like it had that logo on it, which would be very strange. <laughs> you see the JJ plus MI, and like the the shadow cast across it. Where is that shadow coming from? Like they're in broad daylight at like noon, and there's this like deep dark shadow on it. Like it looked like a cut scene from Dark Shadows. <laughs> Remember Dark Shadows? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I wrote, we all know what he's carved in the tree, but we must sit through an agonizing short scene in which Johnny Johnson continues to lead Laura on by telling her how great she is. But we all know he's just friend zoning her. Yep, totally. Okay. 
he reveals what he has carved and Laura just breaks down like she's done. Back at the house, the family's having an awkwardly silent dinner. And when they ask Mary what's wrong, she just freaks out and says that numbskull Johnny Johnson put her initials on the sweetheart tree. Welcome to the teenage years, Charles. She. This reminds me of, remember when I got so upset that, I, I don't know if I should say his full name. Somebody in kindergarten. I probably shouldn't. Somebody in first grade, I'm sorry, first grade, want to kiss me? I know you cried about it for like eight weeks. He told the whole class. This is very cried for eight weeks mm-hmm. every night. Mm-hmm. This was this is Amy going in the first grade every <laughs> night. She calls him addle-brained. I don't know what that means. I don't know, but I might start using it. It's derogatory for certain. <laughs> and says Willie is right that he looks like a scarecrow. See Willie, champion of the yeah. episode. Willie, Willie nailed it. <laughs> Laura stands up and screams at her, calling Mary a numbskull, and runs out. And then finally, Pa's like, you know what? Caroline's <laughs> had her fucking chance. I'm going to go straighten this shit out. <laughs> yeah. Like, he somehow blames this on Caroline. He's just done. He's like, I'm no. letting Caroline try this. <laughs> no, you know what he says? He says, sometimes when you lose a man, you need another man something. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's what that. he said. Yeah, mm. it was bad. Okay. So, Paul runs after her. And I wrote, you can't let Caroline handle this shit. <laughs> if he had done this in the first place, it wouldn't have gotten this awry. So, Paul tells Laura that he was once in a similar situation with the girl he called Tagalong. She was four years younger than him and he was 15. Then one day he noticed she was hot and that her name was Caroline. <laughs> he tells Laura, don't worry, Johnny Johnson will find you someday. So I feel like he's setting her up for more failure. More failure, yep. And then Laura decides, I'm a shitty sister and I feel shitty for the way I treated Mary. Good, it's about time. And at the end of the episode, it ends a little abruptly, but we just, okay, I guess Laura's fine now. And they walk back to the house together. That's the end of the episode. Any closing thoughts on this, Jenny? Um, I just, I'm glad I got through it as the representation for all older sisters that are wrongfully accused of liking the younger sister's boyfriend, who is obviously smitten with the older sister. So I will tell you that when we were talking about doing this episode, Jenny said she had some bomb to drop. (laughs) And now I realize it was just research. Um... And when I was telling Timmy this, Timmy said, well, what's the episode? And I told him it was about a sister who had a crush on another sister's crush or whatever. And he said, maybe Jenny's going to reveal that she's in love with me. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. He nailed it. So he's waiting for that to happen. (laughs) He's going to be sorely disappointed. Mm -hmm. All right. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I will connect the material from the episode to some trait or behavior or mindset that we feel we've carried forward from this time in our lives from our first original viewing of little house so we call it our why and jenny why don't you tell everybody what is your why so this is why i think i started being a little nicer to my sister amy after seeing some of these episodes wait, wait me you're talking about yeah me? you oh. yeah i was i was going easy on you after i saw some of that <laughs> oh okay yeah wait hold because on I, let me text my therapist that everything i said in the last month was wrong 
Because like Laura really opened my eyes to how absolutely devastating life is like when you have when you grow up oh, under with you. a brilliant beautiful older sister. Where's mom <laughs> to walk in and throw you up against the wall? <laughs> like Laura just I understood how devastating it could be to have like just a really awesome older sister. She just opened my eyes to that. Okay. I think this is why I railed against being smart when I was a kid. I mean, was that what you were doing? Is <laughs> that what that was? Protesting. Was that you railing so against natu- being smart? I was so naturally smart that I had to tamper it so that I could, you know, be a tomboy and kind of, because you can't be both. God forbid you're both. Because you can't be both. So you have to pick. You're either full of vinegar, which is, you know, you're throwing rocks at trees and being able to hit them, or you're Mary. I feel like we combined both, though, when in our neighborhood, um, we used to get on our bikes when we were like kids. There was a pile of us in the neighborhood and we would crash into each other on the bikes. And then we would do a mock trial where there was lawyers <laughs> would, and a judge. Yes, yes, we would. And we would plead the case of the the bikers and yeah. figure out who who was responsible. I thought that was combining like the ruggedness of like skin and knees and also you know, like trial arguments. You, you mean it's not normal for neighborhood kids to play appeals court? <laughs> we, we were really not normal. Yeah, I mean, I was always kind of a tomboy. Like, we just grew up with boys. I mean, we both were. It's not like I was some prissy girl, mm, like, in my pink room. You were, you took a different approach with the neighborhood boys. The treehouse. <clears throat> but um, that, first of all, that was like when I was like an older teenager. Like, I'm talking about arguing trials. Like, we were, like, 10. Yeah. Yeah, we were. But we played a lot of sports. We did. Like, we were always playing baseball and shit like that. And to this day, I feel like I still kind of can hang with the group of boys. Spitting loogies. Oh, God. Doing things like that. Drinking from my whiskey jug. (laughs) The hooch. I just didn't... I didn't realize that you... We're pretending to not be smart. <laughs> I think that's interesting. You were good at it. I mean, you nailed like that was an Oscar <laughs> award winning performance. You. Oscar award winning performance. Mm, well, you know, when I'm a best selling author someday, <laughs> you're gonna regret ever saying this. Don't forget what? I hold your fate in my hands when I write my next memoir. All right, so Jenny, why don't we tell everybody what we think we're gonna do next? It's never set in stone what we're doing next. We're just kind of going on the fly. Like if we start to watch an episode and there's just not much to do, we're going to skip it. But we have a tentative list. So Jenny, what is next on the tentative list? Do you know? Hold on. Let me bring up my documentation. (laughs) You are such a nerd. Okay. So there's two hanging around and I, so I, I, there's this one called the raccoon that I just think sounds crazy, but it could be a nothing episode. So we're going to have to check it out. But the description is feeling guilty for accidentally breaking Laura's beloved China doll. I wonder if that's the one on the mantle. That's Ooh. Laura's. It can't be. Hmm. I might watch it just to find that out. Yeah. Like yeah. the reveal. So Mary brings home a baby raccoon <laughs> to soothe things over with her sister. Yeah. It's a wild animal. And then Jack almost gets, Jack almost gets rabies on the, in this one. But that may be like a nothing episode. I don't know. Um, the other episode that we definitely want to do, though, I think is, which is the one, uh, number 12, is um, the award. 
And this is when <laughs> Mary's studying for for uh, an exam all night in the barn. Oh my God! And she yeah. burns the barn down. Yeah, and oh, she knocks yeah. over the lamp yep. accidentally. Yep. And this is when they first realize something's going on with her eyesight. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So either one of those, we're either going to have a. Uh, the levity of Laura <laughs> trying to tame a raccoon or the uh, drama of Mary lighting a barn on fire. I mean, Jack might get rabies in that one. So mm. I'm kind of interested in that. Okay. All right. So thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Hi everyone. Amy here. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing. You can find Gen X This Is Why on all podcast apps. And if you really, really like what you're hearing, please consider leaving a five-star review. Those reviews help new listeners to find us. And if you can, help spread the word. Jenny needs all the help she can paying those therapy bills. I mean, index cards. Eh, whatever. And you can find us and interact with us on Instagram. Our handle is Gen X This Is Why. Letter X, spell out the Y. Hope to see you there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.